0: This is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargit. This past Wednesday, the Montreal Impact had the chance to become the first Canadian soccer club and the first major league soccer club to win the CONCACAF Champions League, which is just like the UEFA Champions League, but with less money and buried on Fox Sports 2. Montreal came into the game tied at one with Mexico City's Club America, a team with an impressive roster of Mexican national team stars. It kind of felt like rooting for Hull City to take down Arsenal in last year's FA Cup. Playing with the advantage of a single away goal, Montreal rushed out of the gates in this game and took an early 1-0 lead and a 2-1 lead on aggregate. However, their ragtag mismatched group of defenders, featuring a holding midfielder at right back and a keeper signed from Indianapolis just days before, suffered 15 minutes of absolute terror to start the second half giving up goal after goal after goal to go down 3-1 in the match. It was all but academic at that point. Club America ran out the clock the rest of the game and took home their sixth Champions League trophy. Joining me to talk about the Impact Cinderella run is Sofian Benzaza, who covers Montreal for MountRoyalSoccer.com. Follow him on Twitter at Benzaza. Those links will be in the episode's description. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, Sofian. Uh, Thanks for coming to the big game.
1: Uh, Thank you very much for having me on, Justin. I appreciate
0: it. So we're here to talk about the, the final matchup, leg two, in the CONCACAF championship between the Montreal Impact and Club America from Mexico City. Now, coming into leg two, Montreal had tied Club America in Mexico City, um, and so they had an advantage coming into this game, 1-1 with the away goals rule. Can you describe the mood amongst the fan base leading up to this game? Like, was there an energy here that you had felt before or you hadn't felt um, as covering the impact?
1: Yeah, well, there was, it was a big buzz, uh, you know, from the media to the fans. You can feel that this 1-1 score was amazing at Club uh, at, at Salah Azteca and what the impact did. You know, really, really, you know, the hardcore was still there; they were always there. And then the soccer, football fan, footy fan, you know, started to get more and more involved. And the media, mainstream media, started to push more and more. They had a, they had a quite quite some coverage in mainstream media from the regular guys, but there was more and more, um, more and more buzz around it, and more and more excitement. And you could see it in the press box for the second leg, you know, it was full. They had to open both press boxes in Olympic Stadium. One was never used, only used for baseball. <laughs> Uh, since X was left, it's been used like maybe once a year. So yeah, media all over the world, Japan was here, Jap- Japanese media was here. Uh, it-, it was crazy. So, you know, but in the city, you can feel the buzz, you know, uh, you know, uh, talk shows about the impact or something that barely happens uh, in both French and English. So it was uh, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I I spent the last eight years living in New York following the Red Bulls. And so there's <laughs> certainly that same sort of... It, it is the sporting media, like the, the Red Bulls are covered, but it's usually only fractionally. And then as, you know, big championship games come up, everyone kind of starts coming together and it gets exactly. bigger and bigger. But you kind of wish it was like that every single week, but what are you going to do? Yeah, tell me about it. But yeah, it's, uh,
1: you know, part-time fans and part-time media go full-time when it uh, matters for them. But you know what? It's good for the game. Hopefully you can, they can sustain that for, for the long run.
0: Yeah, and I do want to get to that. I want to talk about the how you see the impact coming Uh, for the rest of the ML season, but we can get to that later. First, I want to talk about Mm -hmm. leg two, because this was a classic tale of two halves. You know, Montreal came out very, very strong in those first 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, Their attack with their strikers, Ignacio Piatti, uh, Dominic Aduro. uh, These are, you know, very veteran guys. I mean, Aduro and Dilly Duca have been around almost every team in the MLS, and I've seen them just scorch the Red Bulls time and time again. Um, so, in the beginning of this game, they looked like they were doing that. Uh, and they were able to get that go ahead goal, the, the goal that kind of put them really in control for, for the first half of the game uh, to give them a 2 1 lead. What do you think was working so well at the beginning of the game that then fell apart in the second half?
1: Well, for, you know, I, 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 I apply myself a rule early in the Champions League as soon as uh, I saw they were playing against Pachuca in the quarterfinals that. Uh, you know, if you want to really enjoy the game as much as you can, uh, maybe not not as a fan, because a fan, uh, 100% fan, would have a a bias view, which is normal, expected, and, uh, and normal. But mm-hmm. to cover the game, even to watch it, you know, even if I watch it uh, today or tomorrow, we watch the game. You have to, you have to take into account and never forget that Petruca and Club America are much superior. At the impact, mm-hmm. you know, they they're just stronger than you. They they they're just superior technically, tactically. Physically, speed-wise, these uh, these are league league sides, and Club of America is one of the best sides not in Central, in Concacaf, in the Concacaf zone. It's mm-hmm. arguably the strongest, the richest, uh, the best side out there, and they proved it in Champions League now. So, you, you knew, I did feel that the impact were are gonna go all in the first 15-20 minutes, the same the way they did against Alajuelense in the first leg in the semifinal with the. They scored two goals in the first half and won two nothing for that game. Mm-hmm. So that was the only reason, the only way they were gonna win, in my opinion. You know, score two, three goals. You know, catch Club America. You know, sleep sleeping a little bit, and maybe you know, just put, put them to sleep for the whole game. They almost did. Almost had a two nothing lead, maybe three. But you know, I think even with two nothing lead, Club America would have been able to score like three, four goals easily because you know they were they were just too strong and the impact were missing too many players defensively and there was too many shifts around. So at the end, they survived 45 minutes to give it all they can give and, you know, at the end, logic applied.
0: Yeah, it did seem watching the game, the defense had bit a bit cobbled together. Um, it was really interesting to see Nigel Rio Coker playing right back. Um, I mean, as, a, as somebody that follows the impact all of the time, what was it like watching this defense? Did it compare to, you know, the impact, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago or even last season? Um, and and what did you think of the goalie that they just signed last week that replaced Evan Bush, who couldn't play because of uh, yellow mm-hmm. card suspension?
1: Uh, Christian did a decent job. You know, he, he couldn't do much, man. He don't, like, I, could he have said that's point blank scissor kick from Benedetto? <laughs> maybe. Maybe people don't realize. I don't think, I'm not going to say people. I'm going to say some people don't realize uh, that, that was a class shot, and it was really hard. Could it have was bush world class, yeah. Exactly. Could have bush. could bush. Could have punched it out? Maybe. But you know what? Uh, with maybes, uh, you can build empires. But, uh, and, you know, the goalkeeper did what he can do, man. He, he was uh, aggressive on a couple of uh, free kicks and set pieces, and punched the ball out. So, you know, he used his height uh, for a good thing, but he couldn't do much on any, any of the other three goals. You know, just, you know, just he was there for the view because America was too precise.
0: Yeah, and I think it was the second goal... Um, you know, one of the Club America wingers was was rushing down the left side and chipped yep. the ball over Neat. Um, yep. and and it it was I don't think there was anything that he could have done. But the center backs were I mean at that point they were probably run tired, uh, exactly. trying to keep up with the you know those Liga MX players.
1: Exactly, they weren't there. And Simón had a good first half, and he crashed with the rest of the defense. Uh, you know, it was a it was a team team crash. Uh, slash Club America playing their game, and when you look back. At Bakary Sumari, I always thought he's—you know—he's a good signing for the Impact. He's an upgrade from what they had the last few years in the sense he has experience. He's young enough, but, you know. Uh, He's—I uh, I don't like him. I like him. I would see more because they both complement each other. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that the team is able to sustain having Sumari all the time as their main guy. They will. He's Colpa's guy, which is normal. But I just felt we saw his faults as soon. As uh, he playing against teams, that don't really gonna play man-to-man with them in the sense, you know, like play a sort of physical style and really, you know, go on him like a, uh, have a pivot striker, for example, mm-hmm. you know. So Sumire showed his weaknesses there, but you know, it's still early in the season. You know, these guys have been playing a lot of games. They're gonna rest. I hope they're gonna rest them for the Canadian Championship game next Wednesday against Toronto FC and just focus on the Portland Timbers on uh, Saturday. May something May seventh or yeah, you guys. Uh, May the,
0: the impact have only played four league games so far.
1: Yeah, exactly. They they had to postpone two games, in MLS including they start to put a home opener. So they have uh, two gazillion games in September, <laughs> and uh, and they need to get three points early as early as possible to get back into the MLS uh, MLS run. So they really they, they have to survive, and uh, you know defensively it's much better. You know. In uh, the same time, they need to take this momentum and find a way to translate into MLS wins. You know, whether you play the same way or you just adjust yourself back to MLS standards.
0: Well, I guess I was wondering if maybe the impacts had kept at least one of those two games that they rescheduled in the lineup, just to maybe kind of keep the players together, like get that cohesion in, mm. like because you know there's. For, for people that don't uh, follow the CONCACAF tournament, you know, there's basically a three month gap between uh, the, the end of group play and the beginning of the semifinals or the knockout rounds. And which is when the MLS season is totally, totally done for. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. the offseason. Um, do you, I mean, it seems that, you know, the Central American teams, the Liga MX teams, they really have an advantage because they're playing through this time and maybe the MLS sides are always kind of a little bit, I mean, not only, you know, you mentioned Club America is a $60 million team, so there's already this financial difference, but then you throw in an off-season and different players um, coming in and leaving the Impact or or arriving to the Impact. Do you, is is there any way that MLS teams can kind of get over this major off-season hump and succeed in the CONCACAF tournament?
1: Well, they need to invest the same way the Impact did. You know, build a roster, uh as quick as possible even though the impact were in a rebuilding phase uh between club plus year one and club plus year two and and i think um you know for example for let's say this Al-Sandis, for example okay they're you know a strong team a strong squad they could compete the club america for example in a two two-legged uh, series mm-hmm. they have the talent uh they, they, could, they could beat them uh but they need to do something similar to Something very similar to the impact, you know, go two weeks, prepare your preseason with the perspective that you're gonna you're gonna be ready, fitness-wise, right away. Because a lot of the MLS teams are preparing physically for, you know, May, June, July. They're starting the fitness and try to get fit to be able to survive a whole season. Whereas the impact, they want all in to be sharp as of uh, the month of March, mm-hmm. actually end of February, beginning of March. So they need to see that and really make something out of it, you know, this United could have, you know, if they decided if this United took the CONCRAV seriously, they could have beaten Al-Hawenzeh. Mm-hmm. They could have, you know, they could have done something about it, and they showed, they scored goals at the at RFK Stadium on the, for the um, at the way game, uh, for, uh, for the second leg at RFK Stadium, but, you know, it was too, too little, too late. So, I think they should, it's a sort of mindset you need to have in the sense, look, look at the visibility, the impact got from the, from the potential FIFA World Cup of club's uh, birth. So you need to take that, find a way to monetize it, but at the same time, you know what? There's no regulation in MLS, so what's going to happen? you Are going <laughs> to miss the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Or are you going to be in a run? Uh, you, instead of being uh, top three in the league and your conference by July, you're going to have to fight, fight in September. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a, you, know, you lose money if you don't make the playoffs, but you know what? DC United was last two years ago, and they were first last year. So, you know, within a season with a strong squad, you could definitely do that. But something that like Klopp has said, during the post-game conference, he said, we you know the MLS needs to give incentive to these to the MLS teams for CCL. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about bonuses uh, and such. And he literally said the word bonus. So you know there needs to be a monetary incentive for the clubs and the players, specifically the players to be able to take this more uh, more seriously, yeah, to take it more seriously and make it like a real objective, which impact did since their USL and NSL
0: days. Well, it seems if nothing else, the publicity has helped you guys at least secure getting one of your players to show up and report to to the team. Ambrose Oyongo, who was a part of the uh, the trade that sent mm-hmm. Oyongo uh, to Montreal and and brought back Alex under, yeah. F- yeah, Felipe, and the uh, the spot that became uh, Kleschenin, Sasha question for yep. the Red Bulls. Um, are you are you very familiar with Oyongo? Are you excited to have him on the team? Do you think he's going to be able to? Can kind of it help the impact through the rest of the season?
1: To be honest, I was. And then Donatoya Toya became one of the best MLS fullbacks in the world, in history. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm j- j- joking aside. Like, Toya just made me forget about Oyongo. Mm-hmm. Toya had a great SCCL MLS run. He's, he was injured for, during the final, so I hope he's going to be okay. It's not too bad. and But they need a, a backup as a left back. Whether it's Toya or Oyongo, whoever it is, they need to... Whenever Young was back, supposedly he's back sometime next week, but we'll see what happens with his situations too. Uh...
0: I think you'll find that he's going to be a great super sub as well, coming on in maybe the 60th or 70th minute. And he can also play um, left mid. Cause exactly. He was playing behind Thierry Henry for you know probably a handful of games last season. Mm-hmm. And you know he put in some amazing crosses that got a lot of goals that the Red Bulls dearly needed at the end of last season. So even if he's not starting I think he's gonna be a great piece for you guys
1: exactly you know it's options you know and something that the Clopas said he was missing last day there wasn't enough internal competition you know, we need internal competition we need people fighting for spots so mm-hmm. that's what he's implementing and the more people you have you know yeah you can have pillars pissed off you have to manage a bigger s- salary uh, salary budget but you know what you know you can switch around man you can switch around you have Camara Cabrera for center backs you have uh, Vendry Lefebvre you have Tissot as a left back, Oyongo Toya, so all these options, man. It's important for uh, it's important for the impact to be able to have that.
0: Well, so how do you see them going through the the rest of the season? Do you think it'll be a, a strong year? Do you think they're going to finally make the MLS playoffs? Was um, it too early I, to tell?
1: I, it's not. It's it's not too early. I just there's you know what I, I've said. Maybe I think in uh, maybe a couple of days before the game in Pachuca, the first game I've ever they ever played. Is this year, uh, I was on. I think I was on TSN six hundred radio, and I said, Well, for an impact to be relevant this year in MLS, Ignacio Piatti has to be in the running for MVP in MLS. Mm-hmm. In the sense, he needs to be saw and seen not by a Montreal candidate in the media, but the more influential US media. As you know, what he's my top five top three MVP candidate. If he gets to that level in MLS, which he, he can, it's not very hard for him the impact will be, will be in a good position to make a run for it. It doesn't mean they're going to be a top two, top three in Eastern Conference. But, you know, six teams out of ten can make it to the playoffs. So they have no choice to <laughs> really to really compete. And they have, like, a couple of games in hand. They need to win them. Three points now, and you can really, really, you know, take a big jump. Because right now, I think they're uh, they at uh, two points in the standings, if I'm not mistaken, with three mm-hmm. points. And they can easily jump over. Who uh, they can jump over? Well, they... The closest rival is uh, TFC, New York City FC, and Philadelphia Union. So they, they got to win, they're up to five points, and they're maybe one to three points away from a six-spot. Six spot. So they really need to win right now. And just win ugly, man, because at this point, you know, they're not mature enough technically, or been together long enough to say, oh, let's have a style of play like Kansas City, mm-hmm. or like, uh, I don't know, the Red Bulls ha- have right now with Jesse Marsh. So you know what? Play defensive the way you are, play the counter. Knowing that MLS teams will not open up the same way as Mexican and Costa Rican teams, they're going to bunker up the same way you do if they have to. So, But you need to make sure that Piatti is in the best position, which is as a second striker. Slash, very, very high offensive midfielder.
0: He looked, uh, Piatti looked amazing in the, in the first half of this game. Um, especially how like, he complemented Dominic Oduro's speed. And I exactly. think if, if the two of them can really like, get into a rhythm, because you, know, you could tell there are a couple of points where Piotti you know, didn't give up a pass that maybe should have gotten up a little bit earlier. Um, but as soon as, if those guys can really click, I mean, Oduro's speed has been his you know, biggest weapon in MLS. And I think it's you know, unlike a lot of other leagues in the world, if you have a couple of speedy wingers in MLS, you can be really, really lethal. Um. No,
1: I, exactly, and they're using the door perfectly. But you know, with Piati, you know that's his style. He's a ball hogger That was part of his, <laughs> part of his demise in Serie A and in Liga in France. Mm-hmm. He didn't pass the ball a lot. So in those leagues, if you don't, if you're not a team player, quickly you're gonna be, you know, put on the side because you're not good enough. So and that's why he's working out in MLS and uh, in South America because maybe they're more, they like more the ball handlers and the the hoggers a little bit. But so, but yeah, that's uh, they need to. They need to make sure that Piatti trusts his striker. You know, that striker could have been G-Giladino. It didn't happen. Now they're going to have to mix and match between uh, Cooper, Kenny Cooper, Jack McInerney, and Duro. Even though I prefer Duro on the wing. He's, really, uh, he, has to, he has too much speed not not to
0: be on the wing. I really would have liked to have seen Kenny Cooper come into this game because, you know, I, I watched him for about a season in New York, and he's he's not the greatest striker, but he's an incredible finisher. And exactly. if... And I know they're playing a counter attack, and so maybe Kenny Cooper doesn't really fit into a counter attack in those last forty five minutes. Um, but but there there's a he can hold up the ball so well, and if you know Piotti maybe dribbled around fifteen players, and then you know maybe got him a little bit of pass, he he would have definitely put some of those into the net.
1: No, exactly. But you know what? I, I also I just started doing games for uh, FC Montreal, USL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a commentary on YouTube, and Kenny Cooper played the half against the Richmond Kickers uh, last week. Uh, you know, typical Cooper doesn't like stay up top, goes on the side a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still a bit far away to be uh, to actually be able to play against uh, Club America it would have been too tight physically for him. I think. Yeah. I don't think he uh, he would have been ready. But I agree with you. He he brings a good option. You know what? Competition and be able to have uh, you know he's a good buffer with Macarony and Piatti and Oduro until eventually get this famous striker in June July.
0: Uh so so my last question here is uh how familiar were were you with Club America coming into this game, aside from maybe a couple of the other semifinal games that you might have mm-hmm. watched, but do you regularly watch Liga MX and and do you do you foresee yourself following Club America through the rest of their season or is it just kind of back to MLS and the impact for you?
1: Well, I, I don't watch I watch a, a lot of Liga MX in the past couple of years. I know who Club America is. Uh, I think the Mexican national team for the last couple of years have maybe rediscovered Club America because they mm-hmm. had a big basis there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and and Club America came up two years ago when Piatti was uh, one of the players targeted and Club America wanted him pretty bad. So um, that's why I rediscovered him. But I, I know their history. I, uh, I give kudos to um, a friend of mine in Philadelphia, Eugene Rubinski. He's the SB Nation Philadelphia Union blogger and he follows a lot of uh, Ligue MX. So he gives me a give me a few good tips uh, a while back uh, to to who to watch and what to do and uh, the Club of America, you know, I knew it was a huge team, that's for sure. Like uh, for for me, I knew that Club of America as soon as I saw Club of America. Oh, cool, this is Petruca, but like much better. <laughs> it's like that I, I realized, okay, they, they, these are the you know they put Petruca in their pocket, you know, in a, in a in a regular way. So yeah,
0: yeah, like like you were saying, you know, the the Concacaf champions. Match like it gave so much publicity to the impact, you know, national, international world publicity. And the same thing for me, like I always see Liga MX, you know, on, on my TV channel. And I, but I don't, I don't know the teams yet. I don't kind of know who, who's favored, who's not favored, who's, who's good, who's not good. And so this tournament for me, it kind of gave me a little bit of a perspective to say, oh, okay, so I, I need to follow Pachuca. I need to follow Club America. I'll, I'll tune in when I see those ones come up on my TV guide.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you know, we don't have regular or we don't have any league mx games officially in any Canadian channel so i would base myself on uh you know on the, those uh, yeah, streams you have to
0: find those uh, illegal uh, streams that we don't know anything about
1: exactly on the interwebs so yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah but you know you, you're always reminded that the mexican national team has a strong basis uh, of players that play in mexico you know so yeah yeah there was a time where there was a lot of uh Mexican players playing in Europe, but, you know, they also have a big base of local players and uh, some of them allowed them played in the Olympic game, right? That beat uh, Brazil in yeah. the final yeah. uh, back in London. So that was, uh, that, that was good to
0: know. And I think there was even, um, there was somebody on America that got called up. I can't remember if it was Guerrero or, or uh, one of the defenders, I think, got called up for the, the U.S. national team oh, um, uh, just a couple of weeks uh, ago.
1: Uh, Alvador, uh, Alva- Alvarado. Alvarado. Uh, Alvarado Ventura,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Alvarado Ventura, he is a Jewish national. Yeah, he had a good game. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he he was called up uh, with the uh, with Jurgen Klinsmann.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he, he looked pretty good. But like, yet again, the Club America squad is very strong. So uh, it's of course in Tandem. They 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 have uh, the Impact's best friend Darwin Quintero, who killed the Impact back in two thousand nine in Champions League with Santos Laguna. Yeah. So there's always a story. <laughs> with yeah, the impact on Mexican teams. Yeah, so. so
0: so many narratives in this game, big time. Um, all right. Well, Sofian, thank you so much for coming on the big game. I really appreciate it, and I hope the impact have a, a strong run uh, through the MLS season.
1: I appreciate, it, man, and all the best for the Red Bulls. If that's your team, I yeah. hope they are, and uh, all <laughs> the best. Still, and uh, un- unfortunately,
0: s- they are still, but it does it's seem fine. Like, yeah, and
1: Jesse March is, is a good coach. Too yeah. bad that they didn't give him a chance to draw, job, but uh, he's sharp.
0: Yeah, he's 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 been good so far. But you know, we were so. So closely tied to Mike Pecky, it's it's been difficult to kind of give up those feelings of angst.
1: I agree. I agree, (laughs) man. All
0: right. Thanks, Sofian.
1: No problem. Take care. Bye.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Big Game. If you haven't yet, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher. Please leave a review if you like what you hear. Check out our new website, BigGamePod.com, and drop me a line at JethroTarget. On Twitter. Stay tuned for more next week on The Big Game.